Hi, I'm an observer and you're listening to Panchayat. Now this is a podcast where we discuss world affairs, TV shows, movies, cricket, history, life, relationships and common sense I guess. Join me on Panchayat every Saturday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor or wherever you get your podcasts from. One, two, three, start. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Panchayat. This is episode number 25. I cannot believe we made it to 25 episodes, but we are joined by Nishit Reddy again this week. He's been away for quite some time and uh, we are going to discuss the India-England test series that India win 3-1, uh, which was a comfortable win. So, hey Nishit, how are you? Hey Anup, thanks for having having me back again. You know, I'm good. It was such a roller coaster uh, cricket winter technically <laughs> for us, right? From our perspective, and yeah, I think the ro- the emotions were high at multiple points along the series. I'm sure we're going to discuss that in great detail. But oh my god, I can't remember being so emotionally charged for a test winter, so to speak, or a test season, so to speak, in quite some time. But it was such a contrast, right? The the India Australia cricket, uh, the India Australia Test match series was it was such a thriller series, right? Where nothing, you know, you you didn't know what's going to happen the next day, and it was so, uh, you know, it, I mean, I made sure that I watched every ball, but after the first Test match in the India England series, I'm like. Okay, when the second test match started, I'm like, okay, now they have got their pitch right, and now you know we we just we just bullied England into submission, right? It so I mean I'm I'm very glad that we won and we are going into the ICC Test Championship final, but it it wasn't as satisfying as the Australian win, right? After you after you experienced that series, this series was like I mean, as an Indian fan as an Indian fan, you're always glad that everybody were up to the uh, up to the task, you know, and it was a clinical win. But as a cricket fan, you want some ups and downs and some close games, which we didn't witness. Yeah, I mean I think at least one positive I mean it will come across wrong if I say this, but us losing the first test match was a little ground reality because we were such, on such a high after the Australia series and we thought, you know, everyone on most of most of us, including me, thought it's going to be a 4-0 dropping, like they won't even have a chance. And then we land in Chennai and we lose. So at least the series was set up initially well. I'm sure we're going to talk about the pitches and, you know, what could have been done differently. But I think because of all this conversation about pitches and English media being English media, right? There's this this hype every time. And I think as much as media is important nowadays, cricket Twitter has become like a thing over the last few years where like, you know, there's Twitter wars or Twitter commentary going on. So it was, I'd say it was interesting. And also because right now I'm in India, the time zone is so perfect to watch cricket matches. So I think that's been very helpful as well. If I was in the US, the timings are just so bad, like 11 p.m. to what, 6 a.m. or something like that, right? The same, yeah, the same happened with me. I mean, the matches started at eleven uh, in the at the in the night, and then they went all the way until five six a.m. in the morning. So I watched until what like one or two, and then I went to bed. And it was even bad uh, during uh, the timings were bad for the uh, day night uh, test. They, oh yeah, that that test match, the third test match, started at I think at like. Two in the morning, something like that. So I, yeah. so I missed the beginning of that test match, and I used to watch uh, in the morning whatever overs I could watch. So I couldn't watch all the tests, all the matches live. But the first thing I used to do is wake up in the morning and while I was on the pot, watch <laughs> match highlights. <laughs> so and watch match highlights. Uh, like you, you know, you bought the topic about pitch and let's, you know, everybody's been talking about it. I guess we are a little late to the party because we haven't recorded a podcast on cricket for some time now. But give me two different opinions, right? Give me your opinion on the pitch as an unbiased cricket lover who is you know and give me one opinion as uh, Indian uh, cricket lover on the pitch uh, 
so i mean a cricket viewer and i think even in spite of me being an indian cricket fan i don't think my opinion is going to change very much i think uh, second and third test the pitches were bad now there's a lot of argument about you know i've seen on twitter and like you know discussion with a few friends as well where they're like oh home advantage this is what home advantage is when we go abroad this is what happens to us blah 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 i'm not denying it two wrongs don't make one right is my strong belief right so now you're going to make something like you're going to make rank turners i don't have a problem with rank turners per se but the pitch was breaking up in the first session and the match got over in less than like two days again not everything is only because of the pitch because the quality of batsmanship was also very poor like if there was for example was or pontings australia playing against us in the third test i don't think the match is going to get over in less than two days very unlikely anyways so there's a lot of different parameters which come into play but having said that <clears throat> i didn't enjoy second chennai pitch as well as the first ahmedabad test because the pitches were breaking up in the first session historically for the last 20 years i've been watching cricket india always had the home advantage in india but there's a lot of turn there's a uh, there's cracks on the pitch on day probably end of day 3 starting of day 4 so that's why a lot of games in india if you play good cricket go to the final day because the first three days it's typically flat you know the batsmen can flourish once they get you know get their eye in and then it breaks up at the end and that's why if you notice even in the first day you're like day 3 first session england are still batting because they know historically that in india games change very quickly like it might look like everything is flat what the hell is happening only just one innings almost like what third day and then you see how quickly the game progressed and that's what we've been used to again a counter argument would be why i mean there's no norm that that's the only way the test match should be for me the point of view is as a cricket viewer it robbed me of multiple days of cricket right if the game is getting over in two days like fuck what i what am i going to do for the next three days like a cricket tragics like us they like what are we going to do for the next two or three days i mean the jokes aside it's not nice if games get over so quickly it's test cricket for a reason so yeah i think the pitches the fourth test was perfect i think fourth test pitch is like a classical indian pitch in fact it had more than classical indianness because there was like seam movement and like was a little bit of swing and this good bounce but yeah i mean that, that's my take on it anyway but you know we we both had discussion on the previous podcast episode where uh you you know you kind of uh, said that indians are in the indian cricket team is uh, home track bullies and if we go out uh, you know in england or new zealand or australia we cannot play the moving ball can we not apply the same argument to the english batsmen you know can we not say that you know these guys cannot play the spinning ball you know i heard yeah, this I very i heard this very good argument from ravi ashwin that who has written like what you know what's the definition of the good pitch right when he uh, uh you know put a statement in the press conference what's what defines a good pitch so for me personally if the bounce is good you know and the ball is not uh, bouncing twice or thrice before reaching to the keeper i think that's a good pitch if it's a turner we don't say the same thing about a seeming pitch right you don't expect a pitch to are... see on day 3 or day 4 agreed 100% i'm not even so that's what i'm trying to say it's it cannot be a tit for tat is what i'm trying to get at i'm not for one second saying pitches we see in new zealand or sometimes in south africa or in england for example I'm not saying there are great there are great pitches and only our pitches are very bad because like ashwin said the two test matches in new zealand got over in like five days combined so it's like it's not great viewing as well but again there's a factor of ability to bat on the sun surfaces right so i mean it's it's very difficult because i mean i'm not for one second even denying that england's batsmanship has been poor like that is that is a given <clears throat> but if our team also gets all out for like what 140 or something like that then it's very surprising if the captain might come come out and say okay it's a great surface to bat on but you got all out for 140 so it's kind of like okay you're trying to back your own country because it's your backyard but and ultimately now you go back now you go to england in august or september 
get ready to play on uh, wimbledon center court <laughs> you know that <laughs> you i don't think we are going to see a difference between the outfield and the pitch it's like where does the pitch start and where you know where does the outfield start it's going to be like that i think what i'll be uh, you know i i'm actually <laughs> very sad for the broadcasters imagine they pay thousands of crores of rupees <laughs> and the games get you know end in two days and that's the reason why i don't think england is going to make the jokes are said the england's going to make such cream tops because typically broadcasters have a say in english cricket you know more so than i would imagine in india uh, where star you know i don't know how much star uh, effect star has on the on the pitches because if the games get over in two two and a half days it's i don't know i, I don't think for the global community of cricket viewers it, it's it's something there's something wrong we need to fix it and and they'll also be wary of the indian uh, fast bowling attack right it's not a fast bowling attack of 2005 or 2008 it's it's uh, bumrah and it's shami and it's uh, hopefully shami plays uh, by then but then it's bumrah and siraj and ishan sharma who has found uh, a new life uh, you know if i if i may say that so they'll they'll be wary they'll be wary of that as well okay so your so your point of view is that for the sake of the game and for the good of the game uh, we shouldn't you know even if these guys make pitches that are seeming from day one you shouldn't make pitches which are turning square <laughs> from day one and even if they are turning you shouldn't see cracks or dust bowls in them from the very first session yeah i mean again so it's a balance right if i was the director of cricket or whatever the position is called in bcci if the other countries are doing and keep on doing it for the next few years i can't resist but do the same thing at some point but icc should step in here and make some kind of like framework where you are like you're not allowing such things to happen either in new zealand or england or south africa wherever that is home advantage is really important but don't make it so bad <laughs> that it's just a loss for the viewing community again there's a lot of factors built in right so our 2009 the indian batting that we had went and played fantastically in new zealand i don't see any difference in the pitches from you know those tours and then you know the recent tour we had we just this indian unit cannot play well against uh, swing 70% of the times right apart from probably if you you know kohli plays sometimes plays like you know brilliant innings and all that stuff so we we struggle against the swinging ball so that's why the matches got over in like so so few days so i think it's it's a lot of factors but yeah i i ICC should step in and somehow make sure that you know this is not being followed because yeah if this if this becomes a tit for tat trust me we don't want to become a sri lanka if you know what i mean like with all due respect the pitches that they've been making for the last last five years are not sporting pitches and and because the pitches are like this the toss is playing such an important role that if you win the toss you win the match because where is going to bat last on those pitches and if you have even 200 runs to chase it's it's a it's a mighty task apart from that's where there's always been a sorry there's always been a discussion about removing toss and you know letting the opposition team decide what to do because you anyways have your have your home advantage so let them decide what to do and that's a very interesting uh, point of view i mean unless you test it i don't know what the effects of those will be but uh, definitely interesting because we lost five, if i remember we lost all the five tosses in england yeah i know we lost the series 4-1 yeah but anyone who saw that series knows that the the, the scoreline doesn't reflect on how close the you know series game sir yeah. yeah if we actually won a couple of tosses who knows the outcome of the series so apart apart from the pitches what do you think uh uh resulted in india uh resulted in england's downfall the arrogance to switch our rotation policy i understand the uh the main idea behind rotation policy that i think they have 17 or 18 test matches this year that's a lot of test matches in one calendar year along with like the uh, there are multi format players as well so there's like ipl there's limited overs cricket like one day international's anti 20 world cup is there and this and that so there's definitely a need for rotation policy because the bubbles are not sustainable having said that they've done few things which are just plain stupid right 
why would you send Bayesto back for two games after he had a brilliant Sri Lanka tour? Get him back for the two more test matches. Why can't you just let him play four test matches here? Rest him for the one-day series or something. Like, there's no one-day World Cup this year. I think the next one-day tournament is 2023. So you know for a fact this year and most of next year, one-days are not really so high priority. They're anyways being given green signal to play the entire IPL. So the point about or not having enough practice of T20s in India doesn't, you know, it's not applicable anymore. And yeah, so some of these decisions, similarly, Dom Bess, he, he pulled beautifully in the first innings of the first test. And then English media being English media, made sure that, <laughs> you know, they made make him look like an idiot by the end of the tour. I just feel bad for him, you know. It's like, okay, you bowl 10 full tosses, that's fine, man. He's a youngster on his first India tour. So yeah, I think the arrogance, the reason I say arrogance is because for English cricket, I genuinely think there's nothing more important than the ashes. What else can be the explanation that you're coming to the now the world's best you know, cricket team in tests and not playing your full strength squad? Like that evidently shows you don't care about it so much. I bet you they won't do such shit in, uh, in Australia later this year. So it's it's... I just don't think they desperately would need, wanted to win this as much as everyone uh, thought so. But doesn't that hurt you mentally when you're going to play the Ashes with uh, losing to India uh, 3-1? And, you know, and when the close, and when the games were not close, I mean, even the best, even their bestest of the players didn't make uh, enough runs. Yes, Joe Root got... Uh, double century in the first test but but then for the rest of the games everybody just uh, you know uh, nobody even uh, got a century yeah I mean but the pitches are so different right subcontinental conditions England English batsmen typically cannot play spin like that's that's the end of the you know discussion there Australia we are getting flat decks over there yes there's going to be nice you know see movement and then you know, ball hits the bat high and hard. I think English batsmen are better coped to play in such conditions in South Africa, probably New Zealand, than they are in India or Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. And since they have like 18 test matches, like I said, and this is almost the beginning of the year, I think it'll it'll be forgotten. The calendars are so tight that I'll be very surprised if someone has, you know, uh, horrors of this tour in, in November. I don't think that's going to happen. I, you know, I, I don't think I would have ever imagined to see Indian cricket uh, having this kind of a bench strength in my lifetime where, you know, if one spinner is out, you have got the exact similar spinner of the same high quality. We can see that in Akshar Patel when Jadeja is out, Akshar Patel replaced him and he took 27 wickets in four test matches and batted three. Uh, nicely. And just three test matches and he took 27 wickets. And, uh, you know, when uh, Shami is out, you have Mohamed Siraj uh, filling his boots. So India has got a lethal fast bowling attack as well as a lethal spin attack. But when I look at countries like England and Australia, I mean, apart from one or two spinners, like in Australia, after Nathan Lyon, who do you think is there? Who, you know, who is the spinner to uh, take the legacy forward? And same with England. I mean, uh, Jack Leach was the only frontline spinner. And then they had uh, Bess, who didn't have a great series, unfortunately. And then they had Mohin Ali, who is a part-time spinner, which I personally think they should have played Mohin Ali in front of Bess because he has had that IPL experience. And he had a good he had a good first test match. But then again, their rotation policy and they left him out. But given his batting, and you know, given his uh, IPL experience, I think they should have played Mohin Ali. But what are your thoughts on the Indian cricket uh, going forward in terms of bowling, having lethal attacks on the on uh, the spin front and uh, uh, pace bowling front? So I think finally we are in a position where we are able to utilize our resources. Like, for all you can criticize BCC and trust me, there's a lot to criticize because of its opaqueness, opacity rather. But since there's obviously the population and you know how, you know, hungry cricket we are, right? You give good facilities and automatically you'll have like almost a protection line of, you know, athletes. 
in cricket or whatever sport you might take uh, you know that might be like same in same for football in europe and like in other sports in other uh, countries across the world so right now we obviously have like such a huge you know bowling unit reserves and everything your point about not having good spinners across the world is partly because the way the narrative is being spun people are willing to call ben stokes the best all-rounder in test cricket but not mentioning ravi ashwin or jaddu because the image that has been created is okay an all-rounder is one like who's going to come and bowl fast and then back kapil dev imran khan and both of them because if you look at statistically stokes is nowhere close clear close to where ashwin is ashwin has 4320 or 410 420 wickets at an average in some yeah in somewhere in 20s stokes both averages are in the 30s batting average is 37 38 bowling average is 31 32 ten centuries against five centuries so it's not like oh, he has like a 25 centuries so it's the narrative that is being spun and i think that's why i, I kind of liked ashwin's very you know uh, clever tweets about you know trying to have your own opinion because if i'm reading him correctly what he's trying to say is enough of this english narrative which you just accept and you know follow it as if that's that's the way of life think for yourself right like who who tells you what an all rounder is or like you know who makes these rules and that's the exactly the reason why all these countries are not able to produce uh, spinners is because a their conditions don't allow it and to this narrative yeah it's it's this narrative of like you know fast bowlers fast bowlers and that's why the art of playing spin has also decreased because where will someone learn how to play spin if the domestic bowlers there are good bowlers in the domestic circuit who are able to challenge them if you are playing very average first class bowling and then come and play ashwin in india it's it's just not possible <laughs> you know back in the day we had like a shenmun from australia can you imagine the irony the best spinner on this planet who's ever lived is not from the subcontinent from australia <laughs> you know so it's yeah i think it's a lot to do with how the first class you know cricket circles are and then what is actually being valued as well yeah, because I mean, if you make if i'm a youngster sorry to cut you off if i'm a youngster with all the t20 cricket there is boundaries are shorter the batsman is more in favor of the sorry the game is more in favor of the batsman's game uh, for the batsman why will i want to be a bowler and why will i want to be a spin bowler when all you can see is even a classy bowler like chahal is getting taunted for sixes in chinnaswamy so it's like <laughs> you need to give them some reason for youngsters to actually pick up spin bowling to bring the boundaries what 55 meters or something like that and make flat takes trust me I, everyone wants to be a big six hitter and not a spin bowler i mean if uh, if there's an india series and an you know if leech and bess are your best spinners that you are including in the squad that shows your bench strength of uh, the spinners you have uh, if you are sending a team to the subcontinent uh you know i really hope uh, australia and england produces uh, both produce uh, good spinners just for the sake of cricket uh the way india the way indian cricket has uh, revived their fast bowling attack and i think this is a part of a bigger problem because you've seen in the last decade itself cricket has died in multiple countries south africa almost cricket is dead you know you see, who knows what they are playing like sri lanka is going and talking them in their backyard not saying they can't but it's so it's like a part of a bigger problem of what is being done to actually change this you just can't have you know two or three countries who are so strong right right the and amount of the south africa yeah. sri lanka i can't believe there's not even one sri lankan player in the ipl <laughs> i believe that i know i mean you the just the amount of domestic cricket that you know the indian uh, domestic circuit has you have ranji trophy and you have dulit trophy and you have uh, you know uh, irani trophy and players like dinesh kartik has playing for tamil nadu and uh, you know leading their teams and these players are you know were playing the 2019 world cup and these players are going back and playing the uh, domestic tournament that you know that gives you 
that uh, shows you the value uh, that the selectors put uh, into your performances in the domestic circuit. And apart from India, England and Australia, I don't really see any other country having a good uh, domestic cricket circuit uh, so as to produce uh, good players right now. Yeah, exactly. And even if you see, at least 10 years back, if you remember the horrific 2011 series, India lost 4-0, the stadiums were full in Australia. Even pre-COVID 2018 series, the stadiums were not full. Okay, India historically hasn't been a good test match viewing uh, country in the stadiums. Like we don't go and watch test cricket in the stadiums because of a lot of factors. But in Australia, you at least saw the MCG was full, packed and blah, blah, blah. Other stadiums were packed. That's declining slowly as well. So I have this narrative. I don't know if if we've spoken about this in the previous podcast, but if if this is the way things are going on, it might become like football where you're you're gonna have leagues dominating the countries, which I'd absolutely hate in cricket. You know, it's T20 cricket for me. At the end of the day, yeah, skills and this and that. I don't remember what happened in Australia T20 series. I remember what happened in the Test series. I can tell you innings by innings, dismissal by dismissal. I don't know who actually won the T20 series. I'm like confused. Okay, did we win the one days? Did we win the one Same with New Zealand. Like, what is it? I know 2 0 we lost in Test series. What is the scoreline for the T20 series? Who knows? Who cares? Kind of a thing. So, I mean, maybe some of, maybe a lot of people care about it, at least not me. So I was so, I was speaking I was speaking with Abhishek Mukherjee right on the podcast who is a cricket historian and he had an opinion that Test cricket is here to stay. He thinks that the international T20 uh, series uh, series is bilateral series is are gonna die because don't people don't really care about it because there are so many good uh, domestic leagues, uh, you know, like IPL and LPL and uh, the Pakistan Premier League that the international t20 bilateral series are going to die down and i think he has a good point people do still care about test cricket i think and india's performance uh you know in the recent test matches and just getting results in test matches in the last two or three years that has kind of brought attention to test cricket again i think uh coming coming back to this series how how good was ashwin yeah, sorry. Just, just to finish off on that uh, thought by Abhishek Mukherjee, it, it, it might be interesting because if you have T20 World Cups, then you'll have to somehow have these international T20s as well. You can't just have a World Cup. So the way it happens in football is between all these Premier Leagues, they fit in like windows of two weeks each or whatever, where there's an international break where every person goes to their countries play matches with their countries and again go back. Maybe that's the format which will be followed, but the point is not that there is enough interest in test cricket. There definitely is. The issue is, if only two or three test countries remain who are competitive, how much can you see playing England? They're already playing them nine times this year. That's a lot in one calendar year, right? Nine test matches against one country. And we've toured Australia twice in the last three years. So it's like, is this going to become a pattern where we're going to play each other like every other year or something like that and not four years? Which I don't have a problem with, but because of the way the system is working right now, you still need to have, you still need to tour West Indies, you still need to tour, you know, all these countries where you know as a cricket viewer, like, why is this series even there? You know, because, so unless you, because that's the only source of revenue for those boards. Exactly. But I think if, and a lot of it has to do with cricket administrations in their own countries. And that's where the entire problem is. On the South Africa doesn't have a ta- talent. The number of people who take that call pack deals is because their administration sucks. Similarly, with like Sri Lanka, there's a huge problem. It's not about lack of interest in cricket. Like it's, it's just not possible. But somehow ICC needs to step in and then you know make sure the next generation of cricketers are interested in this game. Because if you lose a generation or two, that's a huge risk. Very difficult to revive a game again in a country if it's if it's past that stage. Mm-hmm. You know, by by the by the end of our lifetime, I think we should. You know, we would know a decision if uh, 
we would know the result rather if test cricket is here to stay or if uh, leagues are going to take over world cricket because your if if test cricket is here by the time we die i think test cricket is going to stay forever and if let's say in the next 30 35 years if test cricket uh, you know uh, dies down and the uh, f- uh, soccer pattern takes over in uh, world cricket as well then we'll know that what uh, we were fearing about is true yeah it's going to be i think it's going to be more accelerated than that where if you think about 2011 2021 you see how things have changed drastically right so i think it's going to be more accelerated than that and i don't think this needs to be mutual exclusive as well it's not a t20 versus test cricket it's both are needed for the game because there's a lot of interest in t20 cricket there's more viewers in ipl than for an india game in the stadiums so you cannot you know fault that you can't tell the audience that this is what you need to watch <laughs> this is not you know you can't do that but i do think there should be a way to you know make sure this interest is captured because everywhere you see the numbers are there in terms of viewership for test cricket but then you see a decline in the quality of players it's about incentives you know it's about the cricket boards actually saying okay become a first class cricketer we're going to ensure you pay decently or like there's a future for it because an upcoming cricketer might think that okay to hell with 10 years of slogging and not even getting a game with the country and getting paid peanuts let me just become a t20 cricketer and then i might get picked up like a, 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 an idiot franchise like rcb is always going to be there <laughs> going to pick me up for a lot of money right <laughs> <laughs> how much did they pay for uh, this new lad 14 crore rupees yeah 14 and 16 i guess like 14 for uh, maxwell and 15 or 16 for jameson i hope he is that good i mean he got tonked for four sixes in an over two three days back by finch he came yeah. over like 60 runs or something like that so yeah. <laughs> i mean he's a good bowler you can almost make an argument that okay for jameson because the fast bowlers were very like in high demand he went for such high price maxwell 14 crores the topic for another day guys Yeah. Coming coming back to this series, uh, let's talk about Ravi Ashwin. I saw this tweet from Bharat Sundaresan. He had tweeted this uh, just after the Australian series that before the start of the Australian series, Ravi Ashwin was at something three seventy five, three eighty wickets, and everybody was excited about Nathan Lyon getting to four hundred wickets. and after uh the india australia series and india england series uh nathan lyon is still stuck at 399 um wickets and ravi ashwin has uh, surpassed him and has gone to some 410 415 wickets with 32 wickets just in this test match 189 runs with one century what what a player man you know at with this performance i don't think i'd be surprised if they include him back in the odi and t20 squad again yeah i think this is the best i've seen ravi ashwin because i mean he's been he's been great for a while but there's always a caveat where you're like there's an asterisk there like ah, does he perform abroad the way he bowled in australia was brilliant the way he you know performed overall was great that crucial knock in sydney imagine you know and i'm very glad to see his batting back because over the last few years his batting was like in a in a dip per se so yeah i think he's <laughs> it's you can almost see when he's coming to bowl especially in india you're like okay the batsman has no chance it's a matter of time very rarely do you see and i can't remember the last time a player dominated him in test matches in india like when did we last lose a series in india 2012 Uh, and the I don't league. think Ashwin was the yeah I don't think Ashwin was the main bowler back then. Bajju was also there. Bajju yeah. and Oja were there. Yeah, yeah. But Ashwin and Oja, something like that. So it's it's been a while. So yeah, he's just he's just extraordinary. And I coming to T20s and ODIs, it, so his fitness is always a question mark. So can you afford someone who's a little leggy in uh, T20s? I mean, you and can always send him to fine leg, right? You can always ask him to go <laughs> to fine leg and field there. But you know, uh, the combination of Kulcha hasn't really worked out in the recent ODIs. So they've made if, sure they deconstructed that man. It was so good. 
you know india i mean maybe after uh, you know sticking with the same combination maybe now india will stop uh, rotating their players whatever madness uh, they had gotten themselves into two years ago where the you know jadeja and ashwin lost their places in odi uh, squad because of yeah. the same because of the same thinking that we need to rotate players and then kulcha kind of made their mark and both ashwin and jadeja lost their lost their place, uh, places talking about that talking about because his yeah uh, because of because about because of his uh, uh, batting all round skills like his batting yeah. has been extraordinary and so feeling i mean batting the way he is yeah you he know is, you you know he's going to get you you know he's going to get you one run out or at least save 25 30 odd runs <laughs> if he's fielding in, in covers covers or point yeah. talking about ashwin's 32 wickets which is that one wicket that you remember during from this uh, india england series I'll tell oh, you mine. So, so, so I a... I saw this wicket of uh, Ollie Pope where the ball kind of drifted and it took his off stump. I had seen this wicket so many times, and I think that was the best wicket. I mean, he just flabbergasted. What's that word? <laughs> Ollie yep, Pope yeah. <laughs> and. and he and he troubled ali pope throughout the series right avid you could see whenever ashwin came into bowl ali pope used to be like using his feet trying to dominate ashwin pope, and then ashwin pope steps out only in hope yeah yeah so <laughs> oh that i mean what an amazing bowl man that ball drifting you know starting from left leg stump going on to you know drifting and falling on to uh middle and leg and then kind of just straight and so and he was playing for the spin and the ball just went straight and kissed the off stump so i think that that was the wicket i remember i was about to say you know that i think they i'll i'll pick my top three that the stokes bowled i think it was in chennai where it like kind of pitched on the on leg and then he just you know his stump was uprooted and yesterday's uh, zack crowley because i like that you know kind of a drift similarly he did that in uh, australia against labushin that's yeah. my favorite wicket in the entire series i know there's been like such a you know in such a huge performances but there's something magical about that drift where the batsman is just like <laughs> almost you know falling for it so yeah i think the whenever there's drift zakrol is yesterday's refresh in mind so that's that's great as well akshar patel it has i think it has it is going to be a pattern in indian cricket where an experienced player like bumrah or jadeja sits out because of an injury you give chance to a youngster and they do so well and then you have to leave them out in the next test in the next uh, test because the experienced players are back again and you know the same and you you just feel bad for him like th- three matches 27 wickets and you know when jadeja is back you you're obviously going to give jadeja a chance ahead of akshar yeah and that, that's how it is what it is because you can't have for example now kohli was out for three tests imagine okay rahane came scored a century but imagine if a youngster came scored three centuries in three matches we do tell kohli to sit out <laughs> because you you have a pedigree you've built a reputation and you know contribution over not just a series over a decade or more that's what jaddu has done aksar has done it for one year for sir one for one series let him be on the bench or if it's in india i don't think he needs to be on the bench i think maybe they will drop sundar which is again going to be like in boggling because for me he is more of a batsman than a bowler but it's always nice to have these problems man it lets us rotate because we also have we always have a crazy schedule not just this year but especially with the bubble we'll have to be extra careful of you know making sure we don't mess up anything because it's again a world cup year and we got to win something it's been <laughs> what 2013 <laughs> yeah so we'll have to be a little careful so having all these options and i don't think aksar is only a test match bowler He's a very, very handy, you know, limited overs and then T20 cricketers as well. Because he's, like I, I said, think he's, he's the exact, he's the exact replica of Ravi Chadeja. Same, you know, economy, uh, bowling with uh, economy and then uh, uh, bowling flat, batting like Chadeja. 
feeling like Jadeja. So is just just the exact exact replica of Ravi Jadeja. I think. Uh, talking about Ravindra Jadeja, how many days uh, do you think the Test match uh, would have lasted if Jadeja were to be playing? You think? Yeah, I'll be surprised if there's any bowler who could have done better than Aksar. I mean, it's yeah, Jadu is a gun. I like that guy, but I'll be really surprised if he would have done anything better on this pitch because overshadowing Ashwin in India <laughs> takes a lot. You know, ever since they've bowled, I think three matches. So Ashwin got thirty-two in four, and he got twenty-seven in three. So it's like it's not overshadowing. Overshadowing. It's almost at par, and that says a lot. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It's but I I do think again Krunal is also a very good option in T20s. <laughs> you know, it's like we have a lot of these similar left-handers. I don't know something with good juice and being a left-arm spinner. <laughs> you know, <laughs> comes naturally, I guess. But no, it's always nice to have an option, and that's I think it all depends on the leadership because sometimes what happens is you have a lot of these. It's such a huge talent pool, and then you you're just chopping and changing, and that's what India has been doing in limited overs cricket, right? Like, yes, Samson was taken to Australia, now he's dropped. So it's like, are you basing people on uh, just a series? You know, Manish Pandey is not. Uh, maybe I don't think he's fit. But now, how does Manish Pandey get back to the Indian squad again? So it's like, yeah, the abundance of talent is also an issue if it's if it's not managed properly. You, this I think this IPL is going to dictate a lot of because. Let's be honest. Indian selectors have, uh, you know, selected players to the uh, uh, international squad based on IPL performances. So I think this this IPL is going to be so important, so crucial with uh, the T Twenty World Cup coming up and uh, the two T Twenty World Cups coming up. And which is the right thing to do, and I don't know why people are hung up on okay, no, go to Sahid Mustakali Trophy to to you know pick players for the Indian squad. Like why? Maybe you can do that as well to you know find talent, but it can't get bigger than IPL. You're playing with international against international players, so I don't have any issues in picking T20 squads for the national team based on IPL. The problem becomes when. You pick one-day squads based on IPL or like you no know, other formats, which I think happened with Raidu. Unfortunately, in 2019, he had a bad IPL, and then suddenly he was like not in the Indian squad for the mm-hmm. World Cup. When last two years he was the constant, so it's like some of these bizarre decisions. I hope there's a little more akal in our mm-hmm. you know leadership after that 2019, you know heartbreaking loss. But we'll find out, I guess. I'm excited about uh, Sky though. Yeah, the way yeah. he played last yeah. last year, it's going to be exciting because we still don't have an answer for number four. Who the hell is our number four <laughs> in in tests or T twenties? Sorry, in uh, one days or T twenties? Like who is our yeah. number four? Do you, do you think they would give uh, Gill an opening uh, slot and then uh, you know have uh, KL bat, KL at three and then Kohli dropping himself to four? I mean I know that didn't work out when we tried it, but I think Davan like I think Davan is very fit for the one days and T twenties. He's been playing well. He played really well in Australia, yeah. so I think one format Davan is going to be there. Rohit is undroppable. KL is always there knocking on the door. So and Gill is not a natural opener. So for me, I think my long-term prospect of Gill is number four for India. Like he has the perfect game, you know. At least in one days, T20s you can say Sky or someone else who has like that game. But yeah, I don't know if we're gonna be like patient enough to help develop a player because you can't. A Tendulkar would have been failure in this generation. <laughs> it's taken so long to, you know, <laughs> it is whatever first century or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk. Rohit have been a failure. Sorry, one last time. I mean, have been a failure. Rohit. Because... I mean, yeah. I mean, let's let's talk about Rohit Sharma first. I mean, what must that guy be thinking, right? That you have been waiting for me for 12 years to test me, charge me, and he has saved two matches, one in Australia, where. Uh, because of his, uh, am I 
am i getting this wrong yeah he got he got a crucial he got a uh, he got crucial 44 right uh, in australia and then coming back here when everybody failed he got a big daddy 100 uh which were uh, you know which was the bulk on, of the runs on a rank turner yeah yeah so i think rohit has cemented his place in all three formats now i don't think rohit is going anywhere uh, anytime soon now yeah and it was i don't i kind of disagree with i don't, i think india has been very patient with rohit you know i don't think we we are so patient with other players he's got a lot of chances over the last few years he might argue that i have not given a consistent run and everything but after playing so long if you still don't have like century abroad in spite of being given multiple chances after a point it's you have yourself to blame you know what i mean you, they dropped the vice captain of the team to accommodate you in south africa and you didn't do anything i think the slot was just not good for it maybe if we tried him as an opener 7 years back things would have been so much different i guess in hindsight but hindsight is a wonderful thing <laughs> but yeah right now i think whatever he has lifted him is what 32 or something right yeah so i don't know how fit he is so let's say four years maybe five years we'll have to make sure he he's at a peak but it's still a long period of time and in the mean then in the meantime you can uh, groom the next lot of openers yeah i mean winners a trophy man that's going to be your biggest legacy winners a world test championship or any one day or t20 world cups a player of such caliber i think at least he, he wasn't a part of the 2011 world cup so he hasn't won a world cup so he he also be you know thinking okay someone with my potential what am i leaving behind i hope he thinks doesn't look like he thinks so much about life in general like a laid back guy <laughs> and he has had five ipl trophies which is a pretty remarkable achievement oh yeah i mean i i say he should have been our t20 captain for a while now for the national yeah. team and i strongly feel about it and i think if we don't win the world cup this year maybe the noise is going to get a little louder that he needs to be given the captaincy pant ke bare mein kya bole this guy has just turned the tables in 6 months having a you know having a rough ipl and then uh, everybody talking about his weight and his commitment to the game not being patient and just the first 50 runs that he made yesterday you know not taking his chances building his partnership with rohit sharma and then uh, accelerating in the uh, in the later half uh, of his uh, innings in the next uh, the way he got his next 50 runs just amazing right this guy i mean i think this guy is going to be uh, the next ms dhoni i mean i know you shouldn't say that you know it's a cliche and you should always say that he is going to be the first rishabh pant but you know what i'm trying to say right that he, this lad has proven himself over the past couple of months under pressure uh, which dare i say and you have said this often that what ms couldn't do in test cricket this guy has done in the past two months absolutely i stick by it because statistically that is correct the only only two keepers in the history of test cricket who scored a century in india england and australia are gilly and now rishabh he scored test centuries in 2018 in england 2018 in australia here to 90s in australia and who cares about 100 like the all of us know he won us the series majority at least right and then brilliant knocks in this series and the last test century was like the final you know part of the puzzle where you know okay now he is actually matured he can go for the strokes but he played the occasion if he has his head down like this and understands like if you look back at dhoni's career as well i was fortunate enough to be you know there in the stadium for his first century where everything was like maro like you know and then there was something which turned in him after the 2007 world cup loss in west indies that he just modified his game okay he's not a only a big hitter anymore and then you see dhoni just flourished like no one has ever seen starting with the commonwealth series in australia exactly so if rishabh can do something at least remotely you know near to that in terms of temperament oh my god the skill he has is just unimaginable and for me i think he is a perfect 
follow up of like someone like sevag where everyone thought he's going to be successful limited overs but no it's perfectly tailor made for test cricket where the field is up take the bowlers on and then you know the world is at your feet so yeah i think if he want to win abroad he has such a crucial role to play because since the last 20 years there's been so many occasions where we take five wickets or six wickets and there comes someone who's just like you know builds a hundred run partnership with the tail and then the entire match scenario you know changes and we know as indian cricket fans how many times we were on the other side finally we have a like a giri like batsman who after five six wickets changes the outcome and the opposition is like what the hell <laughs> you know and this is going to be crucial abroad because you're not going to score 500 abroad the top order is not going to succeed any every time imagine in a crucial phase he comes and plays a hits a 50 there goes the outcome of the test matches so i'm really excited for this england series is bowling and this and everything is great but if he can bat like this number 6 that's just going to be brilliant and you you and you uh you cannot uh, wonder but like this guy right i mean if if it were let's see if it were kohli or if if it were some other guy who had been bashed by the media and every other tom dick and harry who knows uh, something about cricket you know he was bashed by everyone and then giving out this kind of a performance if it were some other player he would have gone ballistic on the field after scoring a century kapda wagre phad diya hota wo to this guy is just you know raised his bat and is like okay you know any i am just doing it for the team so exactly and that's a, just like this guy like yeah i mean so it's there's a lot of ways to show emotion and one of the most endearing thing is the way he celebrated simple the way rahane celebrated in australia you know where after century is like yep the way washi reacted yesterday after being stranded on 96 not out oh my god i wanted to like <laughs> you know ishan sharma was like why can't you just defend but it's it says a lot where you're like okay there's a lot of space in the game for people who are a little quieter i don't think pant is quiet he's like very chirpy but like someone like washi as well it's like okay i'm going to be show my aggression in the game otherwise i'm just like 21 year old man i don't have that amount of maturity even now and i don't think i ever will like you know being standing 96 not out 85 not out in the same series and then you don't even have like a reaction on your face put your head down and then walk so it's brilliant but yeah pant i mean it's i'm glad he's taken it this way because if you're trying to prove a point to the world you're kind of like i think yeah it, it can only take you so far he knows the world is at his feet he's 23 if he has a head in his right place next 10 15 years is all his talking talking about watching the sundar so i i was uh, out at a dinner yesterday i came home and i uh, quickly turned on the tv washington was at 96 and i'm like okay you know i've got three wickets and as soon as i turned on the tv third umpire was uh, looking at the akshar patel run out dismissal and i thought okay two more wickets to go you know ishan sharma is not that bad he is definitely going yeah. to hang out for four more runs it's just a matter of boundary and then ishan sharma fell and i'm like okay i, I was still uh, not panicking i'm like shiraz just a pretty good batsman i'm pretty sure pichle baar jaise out hua tha pant ne usko itna sunaya hoga ki he is not going to do uh, anything uh, hard but then he got a very good ball from stokes which he stokes. could have defended but yeah just looking at this boy man i i was really hoping for him to get a get a 100 yeah that was the yeah that was the heartbreaking thing of this entire such, series you know such a, such more painful than the player. loss i feel such oh. an elegant player did you just his cover drives and his back foot punches amazing he might be our steve smith starting as a bowler came in with a reputation as a bowler and developing into a batsman obviously if he's even like 70% serious with them that's like the you know that's like a different thing but are he used to open feel, for tamil nadu yeah but i don't know if he opens for them in uh, ranjis and all i guess i don't know i i haven't followed and he hasn't played a first class match in three or four yeah. years yeah. so it's not like he's been consistently an opener like mukund or someone and then came into the team and he came into the team as a spinner right like everyone talked about him like a spinner but i genuinely think 
if he keeps performing like this he's a top 6 batsman like you know imagine if you have someone with his skill in the top 6 that is just un- unbelievable because he's not as bad a bowler as people are thinking he is looking at the series you know he needs to work on his bowling but he's a he's a good bowler so yeah i don't know man most pleased most impressed by the way and the cover drive of jimmy anderson <laughs> for me that was just like uh, unbelievable hmm. so after this series one thing is pretty sure that india has a pretty good bench strength and we can take on the world now in the near future we just have one important test match which is india playing new zealand in june for the icc test uh, championship at lords who do you think our playing 11 uh, should be uh, given the current form you know let's assume there won't be any injuries or drop in anybody's form given the current form and current fitness scenarios who do you think our playing 11 should be so i'll say Uh, with all those assumptions gill rohit pujara kohli rahane six becomes a little tricky it's lords it's new zealand it swings so i'll go with an extra batsman i might go with again this is very debatable do we go with vihari or do we go with sundar as a six number six i'm not even like uh, joking when i'm saying i consider him as like a good batsman so that's a very you know difficult call depends on what form vihari is i guess but another batsman in there you know vihari or sundar seven pant or maybe you can even get pant before whatever that shuffling the order is is fine but yeah so six batsmen keeper and then four bowlers and going to go with only one spinner that's going to be ashwin i mean it i just i mean jaddu is great can't believe i'm leaving jaddu out but we can't not pick ashwin the way he's been bowling So number eight is going to be Ashwin. Three fast bowlers, I think, pick themselves: Shami, Shantan, Bumrah. Siraj is very tempting, but I like the way those three, you know, complement each other because you just don't want everyone to just swing the ball. Shant is there to contain, 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 and then suddenly you have Shami, who's just like, you know, okay, I might leak a few boundaries, but I'm going to swing the ball. So I think, yeah, this is going to be my my top eleven. My concerns. Are batting. How are we going to play the moving ball? Is just because I don't think Rohit is a great batsman of the moving ball. Like you know, whenever I've seen him play swing, more often than not, he's found wanting. And yeah, in New Zealand, the way we batted was abysmal. Rahane is just not giving me enough confidence, so that's a huge question mark as well. So we're just hoping he might play one of those blinders. But as the vice captain, as a number five, you've got to deliver, you know, more. But yeah, I think this is going to be my my level. Mm-hmm. What's yours? I I wouldn't uh, you know I I would just change uh, one player, which is you were debating between Vihari and uh, Sundar. I would definitely have Jadeja in there just so uh, we have a left arm uh, spinner option because we don't have a leg spinner in the team. So it would be nice to have a left arm uh, spinner in there and. given the batting performances uh vihari and uh, sundar would be the dependable choices of course uh, jadeja is known for his uh, attacking batting style but we just have to trust in him we have to trust that our uh, batsmen deliver so that we have that one extra bowling option because between sundar and jadeja because you have ashwin as a right hand spinner i would go with uh, jadeja having a left hand option in there and to be to be fair i think that's a very valid point because jaddu has been brilliant with the bat it's just that we when we think about it we like okay he's a bowling all rounder uh, and, so yeah, <laughs> and and if you are playing jadeja in the 11 i definitely want i definitely want sanjay manjrekar in the combo <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, my god yeah i just, i hope not man i mean it's in lords so i'm hoping <laughs> Atherton and Hussain and all of these guys are there. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, on that note, it was uh, Nishi joining us on this week's episode of Panchayat. We were discussing the India England series, and we both are quite happy about it, and we are really excited uh, 
to see India play England now for a five day for a five match test series and then play New Zealand uh, for the final of uh, World Test Championship at Lords and we don't know about the India England series in England I think we are gonna lose <laughs> but I'm pretty <laughs> but I'm but I'm 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 pretty optimistic about uh, the final at Lords because it's just one match the mentality would be different and because there's no jimmy anderson we you know we would have uh we it's 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 a it's a manageable bowling attack if you don't have jimmy anderson <laughs> i mean if, your words. If, <laughs> i mean i just I, i'm just saying a bit manageable than the England bowling attack because if this guy in can India, swing, home home conditions brought yeah. Anderson are just impossible if if Jimmy Anderson can swing the ball in India in Ahmedabad on a pitch <laughs> like that just imagine what he'll do to us in England he's been doing it for 20 years so yeah I think it's he's one of the greatest ever yeah. but no thanks for having me I hope it was it was great it was enjoyable as usual hopefully we're gonna have more of these episodes where there's more positives because we're kind of getting used to talking about positive <laughs> positives here yeah uh all right that was all on this week's episode of panchayat this was your host anub zawar signing off thanks nishit bye bye yep bye